You know what that sound means. Welcome back to Just the Tip Off, the NBA podcast that has just as many championship rings as the Phoenix Suns. I got a participation trophy for you right here, Phoenix, because the <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks are your 2021 NBA champions. Congratulations. Shout it out from on high. All right, and moving on now to the next season, 2022. Here we go. <laughs> now give me at least... At least 30 seconds to bask in the glory. I guess, I guess. I'll have to. Does this mean I have to root for the Suns or make the uh, the, the argument on why they, you know. They, they, well, oh, damn it, Sam. Are we really wish you were here so you could pull for, for the, your Suns right now? I well, I know, know what he's. I know, we know what he's going to say. This, this would have been a completely different series if Dario Saric wasn't hurt. Oh, yeah, that was the turning point. And, and you know what Dario I'm going to say? You know what I'm going to say? Fucking bullshit. Because. <laughs> When Sam said, oh, they're great against defensively against Giannis, they've got eight and they got Crowder. And I was like, well, he averaged 40 points in their season. And we just saw one of the greatest final finals performances in NBA history. But you're right. The Suns did great on defense. It's like Andre Iguodala on LeBron. We're going to give you that MVP for holding LeBron <laughs> to 30-10-7. Good job, Andre Iguodala. But I guess if we want to go back to where it starts, Giannis played game one. That, like we, that was the big thing because we were all saying, oh, man, "Is he even going to play?" To me, that was the turning point. You say Dario Saric going out, but I think Giannis playing. And to be honest, he always improved, and that yeah. was what, like, he had said to, I think after game three or four, like he's always just trying to improve the next game to the next game to the next game, and that's kind of how you win a series is you, you get better and better and better, and eventually you overtake that's, the other team. Like, so. yeah, I mean. I wasn't expecting him to the home games, at least. Um, the series started as I kind of thought it would, but Giannis was actually there. Like I thought that they would drop the Bucks would drop the first two because I had thought Giannis wasn't going to play, but he did play. Limited minutes, limited role in the first game. I think that was just kind of feel it out type of game, um, and then dropped the forty bomb in uh, in the second game. Still ended up losing. Still ended up losing, and then uh, then won four straight. By going a 40 bomb in game three in a blowout win. And then game four, right? Game four was another another good game. Another good game, another good game but he did not drop four. No, Middleton. Middleton, Middleton won that game. And then game five, Holiday won that game. And then Giannis put a 50-burger up going 16 of 18. You said 50-burger? I thought it was like 50 nuggets. Uh, you know, whatever, whatever you want, whatever either you way, want. Either way, he went. A 50 went bomb off. in game six, going 16 of 18 from the free throw line. So. 16 of 18. If that's game, if that game is in Phoenix, take everything out. The Bucks don't win that game because he, whether you, he can say it's not the mental game with both crowd noises, but it is. But like, you got to give him like, like that. You do have to give him That's a props. complete 180. I, from the previous game in Phoenix in Game Five, where he just missed so many crucial ones down the stretch that almost cost him. He did. I mean, here's the thing. I have to. Uh, I also have to give some props to some other players on the Milwaukee Bucks that previously I had relished against. Which here's here's the game. He's gonna say Bobby Portis. I bet it's Bobby Portis. Not just Bobby Portis. It's Bobby Portis. Not just Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis is one of them that. Crazy-eyed, crazy motherfucker. Like, did, I don't... Did, I, energy he, guy. Energy he guy. brought You're energy. Right. At some point, like, it right. was watchable. When Brooke Lopez was getting his ass kicked on the same damn pick-and-roll play every single time, it's like, 
put Bobby in there, he's less of a liability. Not by much, but he's less of a liability, and he brings a ton of energy. Like, I, with the exception of Giannis, I don't know if anyone played harder than Bobby he's Portis old. did. He had some real Dennis Rodman energy yeah. out there. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, but also, goddamn Drew Holiday. Only because he finally got his shit together at the end of the series, like he normally does, apparently, in the playoffs. He's really yeah. the entire series, like literally the entire first two rounds, except for the last three games of the second round, Drew Holiday was dog water. Uh, he was he was okay in the Miami series. He was garbage in the Brooklyn series up until games of six and seven. Middle of the road through the Hawks series, Middleton kind of won them that series. And then, yeah, up until the 37-point performance in Game 5. And, I mean, I-, I thought his defense was pretty good throughout, especially in the finals. Like, offensive-wise, man, he could not hit the broadside of a barn. But his defense was solid. Like, you saw him just being a pest. And we saw playoff highs and turnovers from Chris Paul and Devin Booker in this series. It took him until the first couple, or like the latter, I guess the latter half of the series. But you definitely, you are correct, Drew Holiday pestered away, pestered, pestered, pestered. I will say, I don't know how I feel about this last one of the, like this last player I will give Connington some props to. No, I was always, I always enjoyed Connington. I thought he was a good role player and did his job, his duty, what he was tasked to, especially filling in for Di Vincenzo. But the last person I will somewhat apologize to is Brent Forbes. Though you were not absolutely integral to the series at all, you did have some shining moments against the Hawks series. Yes, I say in prior, I say he played what game one and two and didn't play since then. Exactly, and I think because you didn't keep them from winning, I have to give you know, some yeah. props there for contributing. I think uh, I think had Divincenzo been healthy, I think we see that position play more minutes because I think Forbes was fit, filling the role of Divincenzo. And he's just not the defender that DiVincenzo is. Not that DiVincenzo is a great defender, but he's not really a liability. Like, he, a, he he was a better guy that if you needed to just throw a guy to run around and chase Devin Booker or Chris Paul to tire him out, DiVincenzo is better equipped for that than Brent Forbes was. Yeah. And frankly, like, that's all that role really was going to be. Maybe you make a couple threes, but you kind of wanted them to just come in, make space the floor so the defense has to think about you and then just be a break for Drew Holiday and P.J. Tucker from chasing those two guys around the court the entire night because that's literally all they did. But it, uh, it, it was a good, it was a good series. I mean, it's, I, I said this after, or even I think it was when game five was a close one. And obviously, you know, game four was that massive block that Giannis had on eight and which was probably, Game changing because if Aiton throws that down to go up to, then all the momentum is with Phoenix in that one. And you always had the alley oop in game five. But to have two small market teams who have, with the exception of like trading for Drew Holiday and Chris Paul, you know, there's the majority of their cast are all been drafted there. You know, it's a little bit like the Warriors, everyone was kind of drafted there, but you know. I, don't, I disagree. I think the Bucks had built their team. They just didn't do it all at once. They they drafted their star player. That's their big claim to fame for sure. But all of their really important guys they brought in through trade or mostly just okay. But trade. but it wasn't like you know we're going to go trade for James Harden. We're not going to trade. Right, they got Drew Holiday. 
for Jimmy Butler. Oh, are you putting Jim, Drew Holiday on the same level as James Harden now? <laughs> I mean, I'll, I guess I have to put Drew Holiday Kevin Durant, Kevin, Kevin Durant didn't come join the Milwaukee Bucks to the Phoenix Suns. Like, <laughs> You're it, like, Brent Forbes did. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm just saying. Forbes, I think Bobby it's. Portis, I think it's. Brooke Lopez. I think it's good. You were smashing all those signings the day after they all happened. Because, okay, all of them on their own. Come on, and eventually, no. I gotta give it to them. I gotta give it to them. Credit where credits due. They made it work. They pulled it off. They built the right team. But I don't want to hear this. They drafted their team. They brought this. They brought DiVincenzo and Giannis. Yeah, but they did more than – they drafted Middleton too. No, they did not. They got him in a throwaway trade deal from Detroit. A throwaway trade. During the draft? Trade. No, no. He was literally – he played for Detroit. Really? I didn't know that. I know. Yeah, unbelievably. Unbelievably. But their their whole team okay, but, but look, was look, look at look at the rest correctly. Of the, look at the rest of the landscape of the NBA and almost every other team is trade – or free agent signing built and stars grouping together. I totally agree. That's, no, that's I, kind I, of the difference. I, I, right. There's and not that, a lot of collusion yeah. going on or a lot of big name stars. Yeah, and you see that because it's Milwaukee and Phoenix at the end of the day. I think yeah. it, it helps to bring parity to the league. Now, like it's you know, it's obviously it's I not would say Lakers. Phoenix v. drafted more of their players than Milwaukee. Phoenix definitely had a uh, mostly homegrown team. Well, I mean, so you had what? For, for them? Booker, Aiton, Bridges, and Johnson. Other than that, everyone else who played was brought in. Yeah, yeah. So. I would even say I would maybe make a credit for campaign because they signed him uh, from. Uh, Listen, you're wearing a Thunder jersey. They're the other ones who fucked that up, apparently. Okay, no, the Bulls fucked it up. We traded campaign to the Bulls, and then the Bulls just waved him. So, <laughs> suck that, Bulls fans. <laughs> but anyway. Um, credit to the Suns. We haven't we haven't really given. Sam has got to be just absolutely losing his fucking mind right now. <laughs> you got to give it. I got to feel for Chris Paul so bad. I I honestly was rooting for the Suns at the end of the day over the Bucks, and then until game set game six, I think. And in game six, I was like, all right. To think about it this way, the Bucks have had to come from further back, and you could make the argument that the Suns. Have come from far, like come a long way, but I would say much like uh, Chris Vernon of the Ringer says, you have to take your playoff lumps. I think, and yeah. for Phoenix, this is Phoenix as a whole. This was they, they did one. have some veterans. They did, yeah. But well, I mean, nobody I think went to the Jay Crowder was the only one who'd ever had finals experience. Exactly. Granted, it was with Miami, um, and Chris Paul had been the only one who had had any sort of deep run playoff experience outside of Jay Crowder. Yeah. The rest of them were all brand new to it, so I think. And they performed unbelievably. I I, I agree. I think you know you look at like when the Bucks started, like hey, you know when they finally got the first season, Giannis was there. They won fifteen for fifteen games. They won more games to win the NBA Finals in the playoffs than they did the entire first season. Giannis was there, so I think the Bucks once they finally got through those lumps and they started making the playoffs not necessarily winning series but they you know they made the playoffs they had they were top 4 in the east you know probably dating back 3 4 years ago now at this point and now we're seeing that progression okay 4 years and now we've gotten there so theoretically the suns are 2 years ahead of this okay now this team who hasn't been in the playoffs in a while has made the playoffs Usually, it's kind of like, okay, you made the playoffs, congrats, here's your early round exit to a veteran-led team. 
we didn't see that. And you, you can even argue the Hawks, we didn't see that as well. The same kind of idea. You haven't made the playoffs in a while. Here's you got a young team. Here's your first-round playoff exit. But, the Hawks were beneficial in these playoffs. I would almost say that they had not the easiest road. And I got, I would get, we're going to get a lot of flack from, from Atlanta fans. I'm sorry. Beating the Knicks, I granted was a good. It was fun. It was a fun series. I liked it. I didn't expect much from either of those two teams. I knew one of them had to win, so. Might as well be the one who's got more depth, right? Significant. Yeah, more depth and better shooting. Honestly, how, how could we not see that coming? Second round, Joel Embiid, I will not I will not say this more than once. Granted, he did have a torn meniscus. I don't buy that it was that bad that he couldn't play through. Like, he obviously did. He played through it, performed really well, and then just faded in the stretch because they also didn't have a deep team. They couldn't rely on Ben Simmons. And they re- they quickly realized Danny Green got hurt. That was way more costly than they really like took credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, their depth went to shit as well. So again, Atlanta beating that shallow team, getting to the final Eastern Conference Finals as a first time playoff berth since 2016 is in- incredibly impressive. Especially with how young the team is. I mean, you look at Gallinari, Capella, Lou Williams. Really, only playoff experience on that team as well, and then but you also think they really, weren't just even like the they, Suns. they weren't just even like the they didn't have in my opinion their second best player DeAndre Hunter wasn't even there yeah I mean again same kind of kind of deal as the Suns obviously the Suns have a decision to make I don't Chris Paul is a free agent technically um so who knows. I would assume he wants to resign there. I would assume the Suns want to resign him. I asked Sam, "What? Where's your line there? Because he's what thirty six. Chris Paul is something like that. Thirty six. So, I mean, we were slamming the last four or five year contract he got on. Like, my gosh, this guy hasn't been injured this season. Relatively injury free season for Chris Paul standards. Does it go till he's thirty eight? His contract? Yeah. No, I'm pretty. I looked at uh, the ESPN put out an article and said the top ten most important free agents this season. Kawhi's one, Chris Paul's two. Chris Paul's not a free agent this season. He might be a restricted free agent, but I think he has a player option. Is what he has. So he's a player option that he can turn down or accept. And now he's weighing his option because I think he has a two year player option at both at I think close to forty million. Check this on because he's. I, did, I didn't think if he, if I didn't he, think he in, did. Really, really yeah. hampered. And this is where I think Sam has a, a theory about how much you offer Chris Paul. Um, my, I forget what his limit or his his ideal number was. Like so 30, he, 30 mil for one He year. has a player option this season, and that is it. And then so he's an the unrestricted. Yes, and it would be $44 million. So that's, say, give him $25 million over two years? That I, what if you that's say thing, like how how much 20, between twenty five and thirty million over two years? Well, I think I think the number one priority is a can we resign him? Or to B can we resign him with the mindset and and show him hey we want to build further? Can you take a pay cut? So we can get another piece, and we can get you that championship. Because at this point, he's he made the money. He, he might say, "Who are you getting?" He, he might, might. He might be like, "I mean, right, at, at this point, they've 
they, he's made his money. I would think he wants a championship. Now, I don't think, and I was listening to The Ringer, and they were like, I don't think we're quite yet at the level where we're going to go, like, join LeBron and ring chase that way. I think he still wants to be an integral part of a team, not just, like, a spurt guy. Um, so I think that's why Phoenix has to kind of weigh their options. Like, how, how much does he want? You think want? that about Chris Paul? Well, you have Not to... right now. Okay, but I, like, like he's not—he's not to the point where he's ring chasing yet. Uh, he's getting there. Here's the thing: every trade that he's been in, from the Clippers to Houston, I think may have been his only trade that I know of that wasn't under some of his control. In the trade from Houston to OKC, I think that was a lot to do with what he wanted. I think that could have been a lot to do, like bringing in Russell Westbrook out of nowhere for Chris Paul. That deal was crazy. And then having Chris Paul go to Phoenix, nobody is questioning that one. Everyone knows Sam Presti puts people where they want to go. Like he has a very good relationship, which is why they get a lot of pretty good players to come in and give their, their best performances as much as they can out Horford mm-hmm. really rejuvenate the career. Like when you work with a player and understand like, what do they want? Clearly, if you don't have the uh, location, let's say that the, uh, um, uh, the, the white sandy beaches of Miami or the downtown life of LA, you gotta, you gotta accommodate players, other needs. So you gotta be like, Hey, when you play really well, you rejuvenate your career. We feed you some stats. We get you to go somewhere as a positive asset. It's a pretty good deal. So I, I think that that, but the key, key being here, Chris Paul has kind of ring chased in a way. He's got places that he'd like to go. Like, yeah, I'd go here. I'd like to go here. Although I'm pretty sure Sam might chime in and say, you didn't want to go to fucking OKC. But, yeah, you don't know. Who knows? I don't also, know. i got to apologize. My voice is absolutely shot. I uh, work in manufacturing, and I speak in a facility uh, a lot. So it's a lot of yelling. But, uh, a lot of yelling. We're powering through. I don't know. I, I think he'd, I mean, he'd be stupid to opt, in, opt out, right? $44 million. What? Stop, I mean, to opt. Yeah, he'd be stupid to opt out. We said that about Gordon Hayward, and Gordon Hayward got fucking paid. True. Gordon Hayward but Gordon Hayward's not, but Gordon Hayward's not 36. Okay. That's fair. Okay. Here's the thing Gordon Hayward he had, opted out as an injury prone player. And so is Chris Paul. No, he's not. Yes, he is. No, well, he what about is the not. last four years of Chris Paul's career, three especially years. in the playoffs? Last three years. Has not shown that he's injury prone. I'll give you three years. And even this year, he wasn't. He was injured for the first two games, maybe the first game. And then last year and the year before, I'll get well, – not even last year. OKC was fine. But Houston, the first year he was hurt, second year – He's injury prone. Yeah. He's injury prone. Gordon Hayward had one injury. It was a big one, but he had one. Two. He had two. He had one He's had a couple stack up. He's had a couple little ticky-tacky ones. In the cup. Regardless – to he's opt no out of thirty or forty million dollars, albeit that sounds crazy. They eventually had Gordon Hayward had another fish on the line apparently and got fucking signed, paid by uh, uh, Charlotte, which also he has been kind of injured here this couple of years. First part, whatever. Um, anyway, I think Chris Paul could opt out and go to LA. I think he could. I think he will. No. No. I, I think he. Do you think, do you think Lebr- LeBron's there on the sidelines, like after the game five loss? Like, hey man, it, 
you don't look good. You might you might as well might as well come on over. Yeah, we need a point why, guard. Why, why don't you why don't you take the drive up north a little bit? Uh, Caruso you know, ain't no point guard. He's gonna be a good backup, but and I think God, who's what they're gonna do with Dennis Schroeder in L.A. Schroeder ain't getting no hundred million. No, but I mean, look at um, I mean Reggie Jackson just went from a veteran minimum contract to probably at least fifteen million a year next year. Fifteen over two. I think, he's I think that's what he gets. I don't, I Fifteen mean, a year, not bad. No, I mean right he was team. he was on a veteran minimum contract. He was making a million dollars and was outside of Chris Paul, or not, I mean, I mean outside of Paul George, the Clippers' best player in the playoffs when Kawhi wasn't playing. So, and so I mean, we'll see. Never know. We'll see. Never know. I don't know. I, I personally, if I'm the Suns and he he's like a little and he older, opts he's a little and he older. opts out, Reggie Jackson like 32, 33. Uh, I'm not 100 sure. He's young. I thought. He was a little younger. He's 31 or 30 even. If he's 30, yeah, I, I believe you. I believe he could get 15 or 30. No, I'm 15 for two. Uh, 31. Well, I mean, someone's going to pay him. Yeah. So Someone always pays. That's the thing. They always get – someone always is like, hey, what are we going to do with Kings, this probably. free $15 million? No, we're not going to like save cap space. <laughs> Reggie Jackson of the Kings. Watch out. Why? <laughs> Why not? The Kings you make have, terrible moves You have Fox time. and Halliburton. They just make terrible Unless, moves all the time. That's true. Like get going and getting Ben Simmons. Yeah, that could, that could happen. That could happen. Frankly, I mean, you almost like that a, a deal like that because Buddy Heald would have to be part of that deal. Oh yeah, and that's playmaking. And oh, shooting. Daryl Morey is salivating over Buddy Heald, but he doesn't want to give up Ben Simmons. I bet he's like, can I give him up to anybody else? Because Ben Simmons, albeit doesn't have a big strength in the outside scoring, but as a here's a, okay, I, I do have a semi hot take. It kind of deals with the draft, but I Ben first, Simmons is traded by in the draft night. Possibly on draft night, if Phoenix or if Philly can get the right draftee, um, there are a number of draftable players who are also six eight, six nine point guards. Let's call them that could also be very uh, Ben Simmons esque, and with that height, being able to score around the rim looks really good. But think about the people who are normally guarding you. Or, or at least for a portion, you try to have your point guard guard your other point guard, right? So if he's going to put up those kind of numbers against those kind of players, that makes a little bit of sense. But if you can't do any outside shooting, that's a deficit people can exploit. And they have. Some of the players in the draft who are young, not super young, but younger, who also can pass really well at that height, and can also shoot kind of decently well, or at least will shoot, is another thing. Um, True. So Ben Simmons, albeit a great player, an all-star, right? Technically, he is an all-star. Technically, he's an all-star. Is got a good amount of weight, so you can trade that for a pretty good positive asset in something you're dearly missing, like shooting when you have a extremely dominant force of a big man named Joel Embiid. So if you have Danny Green, Buddy Heald, Tyrese Maxey, and say some drafted 
power forward, passing, shooting, you know, player, that's not a bad deal. Especially if you get probably other positive trade assets besides Buddy Heat. Um, but for the Kings, I they need to move off Marvin Bagley. That's yeah, that was. You look at who was drafted before him. You look at who and was that's not a reason after to draft, him. And it's that's like, not a reason to draft an all star who's. Yes, Marvin Bagley, or better than Marvin Bagley, but only because he didn't get hurt as much. Yeah, that's been a bummer of a pick. Because mm. literally you look all around him and you think, worked out well, worked out well. And then you see that, because what, that was, Aiton was one that year, right? Aiton. Bagley, Bagley was three. Was Jaron Jackson Jr. two? Doncic. Doncic was four. Young was five. Uh, yeah, uh, or was somebody he, was three. It was th- uh, three then. I think it wasn't it, uh, Jaron Jackson Tatum? Jr.? Oh, yeah, yeah. Jaron Jackson or Tatum? No, I'm sorry. That's, that's way off. 20, that's 2018 draft. That's everyone after Luca's first Luke year. They're all like, why the hell did all these guys take these centers over Luca and Trey? Was Luca three and. Luca was three, Trey was five, Jaron Jackson Jr. was four. four Bagley right. was two, eight and one. Mo Bamba, six. Michael Carter Jr. was seven. Colin Sexton was nine. That was a great pick. Or was eight. Kevin Knox was nine. That was a bad. That was a bad pick. Kevin Knox went right after that was Mikkel Bridges, SGA. Those are the two big ones. But then you still go down and you've got even like solid role like Divincenzo's down there. Kevin Herter is down there. Um, Landry Shamit, who's played. Better no, minutes Landry down. Is still, he's a Miles winger. Bridges. Miles Bridges is not terrible. Jalen Brunson is a solid backup point guard. Gary Trent Jr. is isn't bad. Role player. Role player. I mean, I mean, you've got a lot of guys who were drafted after him that are solid role players who have been who have been better better than Mo Bamba. <laughs> better than Mo Bamba and Mark Bagley. Yeah. Honest. Yeah. But, but none of them are the bust that Zaire Smith is. None of, them are, none of them are that bust. What pick was that? He was 16 to Phoenix, then Phoenix traded him for Mikel Bridges. Oh, such a good pick. Sir, such a good trade. Yeah. <laughs> Which is even funny, because wasn't Mikael Bridges, or no. Mikel Bridges was drafted by Phoenix, Philadelphia, and he's from Philadelphia. His, that's mom, right. his mom works in the arena. Oh, that's right. That's right. And then they traded him. Yeah. They're like, all right. I mean, maybe if he's on Philly. What are they? Not true. Like, oh my God, that's. that's So many what ifs. So many what ifs. Like, what if he was on Philly? And I mean, you could say that about the whole playoffs. What if everyone came in healthy? We're not not seeing these two teams in the finals. That, I. Okay, we're seeing seeing Brooklyn and one of the LAs. As LA, like, side fans, we enjoy, like, we're, I'll admit, we were, you know, LeBron shading towards the positive. Um, and now this year for the Bucks, would you say either of these years had, deserve or will be re- remembered as asterisk years? Uh, well, the shortened stat, you know, everyone's measure to that is no one gives an asterisk to the Spurs championship with the lockout. No one gives an asterisk really to the Raptors win when the Golden State Warriors were at 50% at best. You don't hear people actively talking about those seasons being asterisks, so I don't necessarily think this one will either. I think if one was to be an asterisk more over the other, it might be the 
Lakers one just because injuries. No, but because of the whole situation, the going into the bubble, the, it's like that is completely different. We had a regular playoffs. There were fans. There were. That was a regular playoffs. I think there may have been a few things different, but I agree. There it wasn't. It, was more, it wasn't in an auxiliary gym in somewhere in Orlando. Closely related to a normal type scenario, there were some changes. You have to admit, players getting you know coronavirus in the bubble. There were no cases of coronavirus. Yeah, but also However, that didn't necessarily impact the two teams that were in the finals. An extremely high number of injuries in this year's playoffs versus last year's playoffs exclusively. Not just as a whole, just exclusively this year's playoffs to last year's playoffs. Much higher injury rating. But I will also admit, this year, I would agree, is more like a normal year than last year. Fans make a huge difference. and albeit, It showed. It, it showed. Albeit some of especially forgot the how to act over a break. Um, looking at you, Philly. Looking at you, uh, um who else? New York. What Philly do? Dump the popcorn. That wasn't even the playoffs. That was in regular yes, season. When they dumped it on... Philly versus Washington. Who did they dump? Playoffs. Oh, they dumped on... Well, I, I thought, for some reason, I thought they dumped it on Kyrie. No, and then Kyrie getting a bottle thrown was... You're right. Um, but still, coming back, this season, this year, was more like a normal playoffs. Yeah. But it's you know, still people forgetting how to act. Anyway. Well, that's never going to change, though. <laughs> I will never... Refer to any of these um, seasons unless, as an asterisk. I will refer to some as like it really sucked that Kyrie and Kevin Love both got hurt in 2015, and the Warriors beat the the uh, the Cavs. Mm-hmm. That sucks, but they earned it. They got the mm-hmm. win. Um, but just like you know, we Draymond Green got suspended in Game Five of the Finals the next year. Well, exactly, and I think that's what we've like we've said from time. If like if nothing negative against the teams like ejection or injuries happen, those championships are probably switched. There's always game-changing turn, mm-hmm. uh, like, you know, points. Yeah. Serious-changing points, if you will. But yeah. um, getting into more of the draft. Well, well, all right, one quick question. Right now, who's the favorite for next year? Seas- favorite seasons? Of, no, who's the favorite to win it all? Right now. We know nothing about, no, the offseason hasn't happened. Any trades haven't happened. The draft hasn't injuries, happened yet. What are we talking this, about? Injuries. Here? Let's okay. Like the bit. Has anyone had Kawhi? Kawhi repaired his hamstring. Dev, uh, Jamal Murray repaired the ACL. What Jalen Brown do? Torn ligament in his hand. Okay, he'll be back. Any, any, it's really the guys who blew out the Achilles or the ACL. Those are the big guys. Wasn't Jamal Murray? Jamal until, Murray like, was January? the ACL. Or he, no, Jamal Murray took until like February. Or April. I think the Nuggets can survive. That's fair. Then. That's fair. Till then. But can he ramp up in two months' time or in a month's time? I do. Man. We'll see. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Anywho. Okay. Favorite for next year. I will take all this into consideration. And I'm... S- no off-season moves. Because yeah, right, right now, everyone is straight running it back. With the exception of whoever they draft. And then I think you have to assume health because the, the these players are going to add rookies matter. There is a bigger break now, though. Rookies matter. Slightly. Not a normal break yet. No. But a slightly but bigger break. Bigger than, hey, we're done in October. We're going to start in 
a month and a half. We're going to start preseason in three weeks. Yeah. Longer than that. This is true. This is true. So, I'm going to say next year, 2022 NBA champions will be your Washington Wizards. Let's go. <laughs> no. And that um, concludes another episode of Just the Tip Off. I got to clock Mason into the psych ward. <laughs> I've had a few too many, clearly. No, this is uh, not going to be their year. No. this It's not going to be their year for a while. I, I, be- I want to believe in the Clippers if they have all of their te- like players back. They've got a, a solid team there. But. I'm going to have to go ahead and give it to the Bucks again. Interesting. Which is, I know, weird. No, fuck that noise. That's still, no, I, I can't, I'm trying to convince myself. I can't even, no, I don't have a pick for you. I don't know who, no? I, I have nothing. Not even, not even the Nets? All right, the Nets. And for bringing back that much talent. Bring that much talent healthy, might as well. Yeah, I, I mean, forgot about them. if Kevin Durant can come off an Achilles looking as good as he did, hopefully that can last. Yeah, well, he put up a seriously good year. I mean, he did take some time off for sure. If he can play more consistently next year, I think what the Nets should do is they should they should Clippers this. They should Kawhi this. We got three All Stars. One of them sits every night. If they, they are serious about staying injured, staying injury they free, did, well, they did because of injuries. Like right. they only played like ten games in their season with all three of them. So like, I think I, get, I think you do that on pur- yeah, do that on purpose now and then yeah, rest them because they only had two when they first started last yeah, year. Yeah, then just then rest them. So. Be smart. Like if they want to win a championship, be smart about it. Also, we'll see what they do with Spencer Dinwiddie. I think that could be he declined a, his player option. Okay, so he's arguably get more money on the market. Because people can pay more than Brooklyn can, period. Yep. Um, I mean, he would have been a big difference maker. People want him. People want him. I mean, they will want to see what he looks like after being injured. But hopefully, you know, it's not the end of the... He could have probably played at the end of the playoffs. Then what he yes. Yeah, but he he decided not to. That's, that's a smart business move. Right. Right? Why come back? People remember you for what you were like last. Why come back? Maybe not 100% ready and look like shit. Yeah. You probably lost yourself $4 million a year. Instead of getting 15, you're getting 11. I mean, I think I'll get more than 15, but if Reggie Jackson can get 15, I put him on the same tier. Same tier? Same tier. Then when he's younger. Exactly. With an injury. True. True. All right, you want to move into the draft? That is that is fast and approaching, just in a couple of days here, isn't it? Tomorrow. It's, yeah, what did I say? Just in a couple of days. <laughs> Tomorrow. We already ran down the uh, the order, but to kind of go through the uh, top 15 here real quick, you got Detroit, Houston, Cleveland, Toronto, Orlando, OKC, Golden State, Orlando, Sacramento, New Orleans at 10. Charlotte, San Antonio, Indiana, Golden State, and Washington round out your top 15. Um, that's kind of, in my view, the uh, the safe zone of like, okay, we actually have a shot at getting a player here. And yes. then everyone else is kind of like a shot, you know, a 1-50. in 50. Like Chris Middleton was drafted in the second round. That's a 1-100 in 100 player right there. Here's the, uh, the, the gripes I have with that 
that thought process. I agree. Um, this year's draft has been more hyped. There's been more players who are a guarantee who are going to be, you know, big name players who last. I think this past season or this past draft class also has some very solid players. However, it is. And we knew it was not its own as top heavy. We knew that. You're right. This draft is top heavy. This draft is top heavy. Okay. This draft is. Right. This as draft long as is, we have that, that disclaimer. Yeah, no, yeah. This top tra- heavy versus yeah. well rounded. Yeah. The, the, this draft is top heavy. I think this draft, this draft is a little more like Zion's. Not a star studded up at the top, but I think it's more top heavy. Yeah. Now I still think there are some solid players that can be drafted. I think oh, I, I think this draft this draft all is is top heavy and more well rounded than last year. That's just me. A lot of freshmen stayed next year, year after last season after the COVID year. A lot of freshmen stayed. Um, so there will be probably an influx. So I mean, there was so yeah exactly uh, yeah you have just you have not you've well, more well rounded players. They've played an extra season before because of COVID. I mean looking at. You know, you've got juniors and seniors. You know, you look at the whole. I'm looking at the whole second round, and it's almost all juniors and seniors. What do you think about the addition of the G League Ignite team as a drafting? You know, people are getting drafted from the G League now. And they've had that experience. Uh, of yeah, so we've got former NBA players or current NBA players. Um, playing against yeah. in the it looks NBA like schemes. yeah looks like there's three in this mock draft I'm looking at there are three from the G League that are getting drafted out of a possible five what ten how many G, how many players were on G League in night oh I have no idea but I mean Jalen Green and Jonathan uh, Kuminga are the, were the big two. And Jay- who else? There's the third the one. Thir- the third one, Isaiah Todd. Isaiah Todd. Those were the big three. Um, the first two are going in the top ten. Um, Todd is in the second round. Um, projected. I think we know Cade Cunningham is going one. I think that's a... <clears throat> Which, to me, is not, I don't, not a bad idea. I guess he's, he's one of those players that all 30 teams would say yes on. I, I, well, I mean, because yeah, why would you say no to a 6'8"? Guy who can kind of defend every position, a little undersized to be covering like a, a big center, but can can cover a power forward. I mean, six eight, and he's not a skinny. I mean, he's, he's not like a skinny, skinny six eight, but yeah. he's also not like a Draymond Green six eight. Can you comp him to a player? I guess status wise or situation wise is probably a better better question. Can you comp him to a player in the league who has a similar situation to what he's walking into? In Detroit. Oh, like someone who... Kate Cunningham walking into Detroit is like X player walking into this team when he was drafted to him. My immediate one is he's not like LeBron to the Cavs, but he's something similar of... This is a very hyped player walking into a A team... Same kind of build and game walking into a dog shit team. And the dog shit team was intentionally built... I don't know if the Cavs team of 0203, um, or I'm sorry, 0102, was that like with built with that intention. But the Detroit Pistons last year at this time, when they made their drafting, when they made their trades, their offseason, I was pulling my hair out trying to understand what they were doing. 
And at this point now, Wait, you don't I like have getting assume, a Plumley, an Okafor, and another center, and another center. I, I have to assume this was the goal at all times because it just didn't make sense otherwise. Detroit, congratulations, you got it. You did. You, you, you are the worst team you, in the NBA. Congratulations. You Houston tried to do midseason or a quarter of the way through the season, as in, <laughs> fuck it, we're tanking. You guys started out from the beginning, which OKC gave you a run for your money. I got to give you that. Got to give them that. But that's um, yeah. Kate Cunningham going to the Detroit Pistons, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> um, this one has Jalen Green going second. A lot of people thought he would be the next guy as well. I mean, it's Houston. What They need everything, but center with Christian Wood. So I think at this point, best player available. Huh. So who do you go with? Jalen Green. You go Jalen Green. So Jalen Green has shot up a little bit from being a five or a three to now I think a two. And some people are like, do you take him? Do you take Kate Cunningham? Or do you take, I mean, possibly Jalen Green because he has that experience. I don't think he's as good as people say. I think he's very good. I hope that either the Cavs take him or, which is three. I think three is his ceiling. But two seems just a little bit like. So who do you take two then? Because Mobley. Uh, see, I am not as high on Mobley. The Cavs—they have him picking the the cat. This draft has the Cavs picking Mobley at three. And if I'm the Cavs, if you're going to re-sign Jared Allen, there's no point in getting Mobley. Yes, he's seven foot. Yes, he has some ball handling abilities. He's got a little bit of shooting range. He's—I mean—and he—he's also skinnier than Giannis was. When Giannis came in the league. He is a freaking twig. Steven Adams could pick him up with one hand and throw him into the second balcony. Like, that. it's just, he is going to get his ass kicked in the post. It's going to, and it's, I think it's undeniable. You even saw it in college. He couldn't bully a guy in college. Yeah, sure, he's got the offensive finesse and talent that a seven-footer usually doesn't have. But he's also barely over 200 pounds. And, and sure. Could he pull Giannis and bulk the hell up? Yeah, but we saw Giannis's like free throw numbers go down as he got bigger. We've seen LeBron's free throw numbers go down as he got bigger. What's that going to do to his finesse game, which is such a big part of the people's what people like in him? Is his ability as a seven footer to kind of put it on the floor and to space the floor? But if he's going to get any big enough to play the center position, he's, he might lose some of that touch. So I don't like the Cavs taking him there just because, like, you have Jared Allen. Now, if you don't sign Jared Allen and you let him walk, then, like, then it, frankly, you're an idiot. They're going to try to re-sign him. I hope he re-signs. It's but true. It's Cleveland, on him. much like OKC, has to be a very specific – you have to draft players very specifically, and you have to trade for players very specifically. And I say this not meaning to throw shade at our own team. But Cleveland is not Miami. Cleveland is not L.A. Cleveland is not even Dallas at this point. And yeah. I think they are a good – I love Cleveland. I love the city. But the players that you draft there need to also love the city or be players who have a certain drive and determination, which is why I love Colin Sexton in Cleveland. Not to say that he couldn't be great elsewhere, but I love him in Cleveland. The team that drafted him, he is going to fight like 
Marcus Smart or like Pat Beverly on any team. He's going to mm-hmm. fight like a dog to win for that team. Um, Jared Allen, I think he's a great player. I hope he's the kind of player who will fight and lo- like love the city of Cleveland. But I just don't know if that is the kind of – we'll see if he resigns. I think this is a big test and a kind of a risk. Yeah. But that's how I think you build a team in a small market. You get Giannis, who loves the city, mm-hmm. and you build a team around him. You get a you, LeBron. You almost have to. You get a LeBron, and you, you build around him. Up you almost have to take someone who hasn't, not like, grown not not to say not grown up in the spotlight because we all know LeBron did, but hasn't like you know, wasn't grown up in the spotlight. Sixteen wasn't was about Lonzo Ball. Didn't grow up in Chino Hills and the rolling hills of L.A. Like, didn't grow up in that lifestyle. Like, all he's known is, like, the flash and the pizzazz, if you will. You kind of need a guy who's, like... A grassroots guy. Yes. To, to play in a, a city... Small a, a, a small For a small market team. Who, and you're not going to get the flashy and the glamour that you're going to get with all these big... That's just how it is. It's how it's been in every sport. It's why L.A... It's why the, the state of California has so many sports teams, much less basketball. they got four basketball teams, and then you add on, like, three football teams and three baseball teams and two hockey teams. It's like, you know, there's a reason why they've got all these teams, and the state of Arkansas doesn't have a professional sports team. It's, <laughs> it's not uh, not hard to, to think about when it's you're breaking down the dollars and cents. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's like college football. It's that hometown kid who grew up, and you know what he wants to play for the big state school he grew up loving. Yeah, it's kind of what you need. And that's just harder to get because your egos get bigger the the more professional you get. So exactly, it's a whole game. It is, and I think that's another thing that people may want to consider in the draft: attitude, and I think. Mindset matter. If you mm-hmm. like Mike Beasley, Michael Beasley, a great basketball player, has great talent, awesome uh, work, awesome. Let's not say work, uh, his work ethic is the thing that I question, and I'm not necessarily say that I question that I call in question because it was Russell Westbrook and Mike Beasley in the same draft class. Mike Beasley got drafted second overall. Mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook was fourth overall. Russell Westbrook was up at three or four a.m. Practicing in the gym before uh, his workout, Mike Beasley had to be woken up to get up for the draft combine. Yeah, like that's one of those things where you have to be so you've got I, you, you have to have you, a chip on your shoulder. You've got really. you've got to want you got to find that edge. You gotta you've got to want it, and no matter how you're projected, you have to act like you aren't going to get drafted. Like I have to go in. It's like. It's a job interview. That is what these things are. And yeah. if you're not prepared, if you're not ready, if you're just going in expecting it to be given to you, you're not going to get it. Next player on the list who I think is not really going to have the issue, and I actually love this fit, would be Jalen Suggs of Toronto. We all know kind of Kyle Lowry's on his way out. I think Jalen Suggs can be a fantastic point guard. He's ultra-athletic, Was had a decision to make. Am I going to go play basketball at Gonzaga or am I going to be the starting quarterback for like USC he had to make that decision or I forget what college program it was but it was either go play tier one basketball at a national championship caliber team or go play division one quarterback 
at a national championship caliber team. Wow. So he's an ultra competitor. I I thought, you know, Gonzaga that was just a stupid well overall like rounded team this year and he was the point of that. They had a lot of scores, a lot of great players, but I think he just he knows how to run an offense. He's a, a hustle on defense. Is he going to be Kyle Lowry right out of the gate? Probably not. But I just think, you know, if they can keep Lowry, now that's still up in the air, um, whether or not Toronto has him next year. I just think it's a great successor to Kyle Lowry in Toronto. I, I think, it does fill a hole. I, I think that besides Kate Cunningham, five years you might look at this draft and be like, that was one of the better, if not the best picks in this draft. He, he strikes me as a long-term player. He definitely has, um, I think, the game for it. His, hopefully, the injury bug does not find it uh, his way, but he seems like a player who could be around yeah. for a while. He's a very smart player. I, th- I think, very, I think yeah, yeah, like you said, ultra competitor, able to finesse his game and his skill set to to really take advantage of, of, of the opportunity. Yeah, I, I think his floor is a starting point guard on a championship caliber team where he isn't the guy. Kind of like a Reggie Jackson type, you know, or like a like a Rondo. Like you aren't there because you're going to be the guy who gets us 30. You're the guy who kind of does it all. Who gets us eight rebounds. Who, yeah. I'm sorry, who gets us eight, uh, who eight gets assists. Us eight assists, five rebounds, 15 points, two steals a night guy. Like that's a fantastic point guard for any team. I don't think he's going to be your Kyrie Irving, your James Harden point guards, even your Chris Paul point guards. But I think he can be um, kind of like your Drew Holiday type deal. You know, offense might always be there, but the hustle and the defense are going to be there. Like, I think he's, he'll be in that caliber of player. Feels like three, two, two or three uh, like the, stats really well and can sometimes yeah. go off like five. Yeah, I, I think he'd be your third guy on a championship team. Yeah. I think he has the ability to be that. Suggs looking good. So he's projected at what now? He's projected fourth to Toronto. Okay. okay. Um, and then you kind of have a run on forwards and shooting guards here. Um, all are younger players, freshmen or sophomores. Um, Who's a five? Five is, five is Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes, too. From Florida State going to Orlando. Orlando, yeah, that's right. So Orlando's got an interesting situation in that they've got a lot of young players. They've hit the reset button. They've gone back to basics. Let's get ourselves uh, a young team. We're, we're starting the rebuild process. I mean, What gets them in? Do, you, do they go for contention this year? No, not even close. You don't think I, they go I, for contention? In what? To be the A seed? I mean, here's the thing. Here's what they're looking at. They're looking at Mikhail, uh, uh, Markel Fultz at, at point guard. They have a decision between Cole Anthony, who's also shown uh, flashes to be a great point guard, maybe a good backup or a second, uh, the one where Fultz plays the two. Yeah. Um, and I know they've got Mo Bombo. you got Wendell Carter Jr. You've got Bacon coming back. Isaac. Isaac coming back from injury. Yes, you have young talent, and you kind of shipped away – Everyone who wasn't young. But you don't have that super superstar leader. Who leads this team? Who? They, you also have, what's the guy's name, uh, who they got from, from Denver? Um, it's kind of a, a bouncy two combo guard. Gary Harris? They did get Gary Harris, but also in the deal was a, a young player. I don't, I don't remember. He played over in Australia. Or not in Australia, the NBL. Anyway. anyway um, I don't 
to answer your question, no, I don't think they're contention. I think these picks are best RJ player. Hampton. RJ Hampton. Okay. No, I think these picks are best player available picks. Yeah. I you know. It, but when, even then, when you when you are this young, you when your team is this young, and let's be honest, this almost directionless, and you just have some you have some good decent draft capital, you are swinging as many times as you can swing. And I just with how limited with only when there's only two rounds it's not like you have seven rounds like the nfl to really think about your draft process and you know we can get this guy here and that guy here we can wait till the fifth round to get a backup left tackle because you know that's where you find those guys there's only two rounds and frankly the stars really only come out of the first round every once in a while you get one in the second but at this point you have to it's the same thing with oklahoma city and houston you have to take as many shots as you can to find the Zion, the LeBron, the Tate, you know, you know, you could get the first overall pick. Not even the first overall pick. Those are all first overall picks. You said Tatum wasn't. Oh, I thought you said LeBron, Zion. Well, I mean, the, those two were yes, but you look at also the other great players here. So like top three picks. So is that is that what it's all for? A top three pick? Not necessarily top three, but when you're such a young team. I think you just, like, wherever you're at, you just don't think about scheme. Do the Cavs, sometimes, some people have said that they trade down. I've heard that the Orlando might also trade down. Um, so do not, any not, of these not, teams? Not, I, the look, Cavs, I think. Because at this point, if you're drafting a player of that caliber at this time, maybe not the Orlando. I, I, it, they, to me, they, it feels like Orlando's more is uh, is farther behind in the process than, than Cleveland. Correct. Is. Correct. Not by much, but I think they are. Like if like the Cavs, I think you, you, do, um, you don't draft a guard unless for some reason you are trading either Garland or Sexton, which I've heard because they're both undersized guards and you if you're going to play both of them it's a defensive liability. I've heard that. Let me ask you this then before before you go on. If let's say Kate Cunningham goes first and Evan Mobley goes second, who goes third to the Cavs? Oh jeez. Who do you feel really good about taking, as is right now? For the Cavs specifically? Yep. I think you need to fill the small forward spot. Because you traded Kevin Porter Jr. after all the the off-the-court issues. Um, I've seen a lot of people that are saying they're going to trade Sexton or Garland to tra- and if Suggs falls that they would trade Sexton and Garland cuz Suggs is a bigger guard. I I don't know. I just It's hard to say. I just and and, and, exactly. all, and also and it also that depends on what right you do there, with, what you do with Jared Allen. I or think if it's you a, sign it's him, a losing situation. So, if that happens, I think the Cavs are going to be Lining up a trade down scenario. If Evan Mobley goes, I think they almost have to take him to stay with their mantra of drop or draft for need in the top five or six. And then they always they best player available when they are the first overall pick. They they sometimes mess it up. If they draft for need within the first five or six, they usually are able to fill the role pretty well. I've liked their past three drafting choices. Maybe further. I can't remember who they drafted before that. But um, Isaac Okoro filled a need. A good defender. That's true. Come off the bench. Role player. They needed that. 
Uh, Darius Garland filled a role. They needed a good point guard who could actually assist. They realized so quickly you, so that Colin Sesson isn't going to be your number one. He's a good number two. So do you take Mobley thinking that, you know, we'll just have him play the four then? Yes. We'll have him, what, start back up to Larry Nance to start? Yes. And buy out Kevin Love? Yes. And then you have Jared Allen that you try to resign. All of those are on the same timeline. They all have great upside potential. Now all you got to do is get them to play well together. That's that's how you build a dynasty. And I think that's what the Cavs are doing, and I think that's a great move. Okay. If Mobley goes, you come into the situation of, okay, we could try to draft somebody who's best available. So you could, you don't at that point you don't then you like ruin, Chicago last year. You take this like guy who like whoa we didn't expect him to go that high, but at the time for Chicago it felt like so taking Patrick Williams out of Florida was the best fit for their team. Was he the, probably the fourth best player? I mean, he, he might be, but at the time everyone's like whoa that was and that's high. what they, they may have to do because if no one wants to trade with you trade down. You run into a predicament of, okay, or if nobody you want to trade. So let's say you would, obviously, if you're the Cavs, ideally you wouldn't trade out of the top 10. You would want to trade out of maybe the top three to maybe the top four or five, maybe six, Mm -hmm. if you're confident one of those players at that end you could get. So if I'm the Cavs and Mobley goes, who's the next available power forward that you see on there? They say Scotty Barnes, who would go to Orlando at five. He's a sh- small forward, power forward, 6'8", 225. 6'8", 225. One of his really good qualities is he's a good passer. His defense is somewhat suspect. Um, his shooting is okay, um, yeah. but that's kind of what yeah. his claim to fame is right now. The, ne- the next guy is Jonathan Kuminga, and then there's Franz Wagner, Wagner at nine, the younger brother. Of Mo. Of Mo Wagner. Um, and he's at eight, also going to Orlando. He was a little bit of a reach for me personally, I think. He's good. I wouldn't put him there. But he's a reach. I wouldn't put Mo Wagner. I wouldn't put whatever his name Wagner there. Keep going. No, and then you have Jalen Johnson from Duke, who wasn't he the Duke player who like, quit halfway through the season? Uh... There's a Duke player who quit like halfway through the season because he. Like I don't know what a list you're going off spur. of, but that's that's a possibility. I'm just saying he's like he's the next um, power forward up, and then kind of the next big center is the ne- the next center out of Texas. They man, they just keep coming. You had Miles Turner, Mo Bamba, Jared Allen, Kai Jones, raw as pretty raw, but six eleven, two twenty center, not necessarily. Um, yeah, Jalen Johnson was the guy who okay. just quit from Duke because he had a, like a shouting match or something like that. So maybe not the player the Cavs would want to draft. No, he. Yeah, I don't. Um, anywho, it it feels like the Cavs are in a tough situation because they need. Maybe you don't. You, we do have a lot of power forwards. We got to keep that in mind as well. Maybe we take a flyer on backup guards, backup. No, I wouldn't be mad if they drafted Suggs. I wouldn't be mad if they drafted drafted Jalen Green. I wouldn't be mad if they drafted... I I don't know how I'd feel if they drafted Kaminga. But I think of those top four players, they could really get some good depth in their team. As long as they don't ruffle feathers, they have good work ethics, they've got a good drive and a desire to to just be in a team. And you know, they could could kind of 
shock you. And they could go, go, you know, out of nowhere and go get like a Moses Moody, 6'6", 210, shooting guard out of Arkansas, who as a freshman led Arkansas to an Elite Eight, I believe, this yeah. year. Solid play. There's a lot of like those guys in this draft. Um, I feel like Tennessee's got one, Keon Johnson. He's a little, he's a little later. I feel like you have a mix of these individual guys. Who's with that the, guy from Auburn? That, <laughs> uh, Cooper Cup, was it? Uh, Not Cooper Cup. Uh, TJ Thor? No, out of Auburn. He is, Thor is from Auburn. Well, there's another guy who had like a super high usage. I have no idea. I'm not, uh, I'm not seeing anything. I know. One guy that's interesting and we'll be interested to see where he goes is Io, uh, Desumu from Illinois. Point guard, shooting guard, 6'5". He was a junior. Um, it was big. I think he was Big Ten first team. And he was like, he played really, really well, and he was in the running for the Naismith Player of the Year. I'll be interested to see where he goes. I'll be interested to see where really the supporting cast of Gonzaga's team goes. Where does Corey Kispert and Joel Ayayi go? Where does the Butler guys go? Particularly Jared Butler and. Um, Devion Mitchell. Where do those guys go? Because um, Mitchell is he's a point guard. He's smaller. But literally, like his comp was Donovan Mitchell, which is ironic because his last name was Mitchell and he wore 45 in college. I literally thought for the longest time that Devion Mitchell was Donovan Mitchell's younger brother. Because they <laughs> both wore 45 in college. But his comp is quite literally um Donovan Mitchell, and they think he's the most draft-ready prospect out of the the big three guys from from Baylor. A uh, little A10 action. Bones Nishan Highland has had a great NBA combine. Shockingly, after a sophomore year where he was Sharif eight, Cooper. Eight, Sorry, eight, Sharif Cooper. Okay, not Cup Cooper. Yeah, you know, he was A10 Player of the Year. Um, decided to leave, which kind of shocked me. Who was this? Highland from VCU. Oh, yeah. Um, feels like an Emmanuel Quickly kind of guy. For the, the Knicks drafted. Okay. Has the ability to, is good handles the ball, has a deep range, can get to the rim, has good floater game. Feels like just a solid backup point guard, kind of. You know, his ceiling could be higher, don't get me wrong, but he's got Emmanuel Quickly feels, and boy, did he torch the A-10 for the two years that he was there. And I think he, he had a great NBA combine and is rose up into the middle of the second, middle of the first round from barely being, if even being in the second round. So good to see a little A-10 action. There we go. There we go. Getting in A-10 there. A-10 top 10 last year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, what was that guy's name? The guy from D- Dayton? No, v- uh, VCU. But uh, yes, Dayton was uh, our uh, Obi. I brought Obi. Obadiah Toppin. Nation Highland? Yeah, yeah, Nation Bones Highland. Okay. Is the guy this year that that is going. Uh, Ringer's Kevin O'Connor on his uh, big draft board. Go check it out on ringer.com. Um, is Nashawn Bones Highland. He's got him going at 30. So he's got him a little lower. Board. Now, this is his big 30 board. 30 is end of the first round to Utah. This is his big board, not like uh, by need. Okay. So he's got a mock draft going. That's um, to Utah. 
Don't hate. Well, uh, it depends on what they do with Mike Conley, because Mike Conley's a free agent. Yeah, I'd say they resign him. They would. I think they would really try to resign him. You think they? I mean, well, remember when it? Remember when he first got that contract? Four years, one hundred and forty-eight mil or whatever it was. We're like, that's a massive contract, and now it's three. It was and, crazy. Yeah, and now it's like people are getting like that for. All right, three he's got him going at twenty-eight to the Sixers. It's not. What's what? He's projected a what on your board? This one? Yeah. This one, Highland. 24 yeah. to Houston. Okay. This draft has Jared Butler, the shooting guard from uh, Baylor, projected to Philly, and I, I like that fit. I think you got. I think right there you got a younger Danny Green. Okay. And frankly, this team needs a lot of Danny Green, younger Danny Green type players on their team. D and three, man, that's the way you get. If if, if, if they're gonna run it back. And I know that is just such a big if, and I feel like we're saying it every year, that the Philadelphia 76ers need more shooting. Because literally, how did they lose the Atlanta series? I got outshot. Yep. And B could have outplayed Capella every single darn night. It didn't matter because Kevin Herter was backing down Seth, Seth, yeah, Seth Curry every other possession for 25 points. Uh, what do you think about Chris Duarte? Out of Oregon? Yeah. I've seen him go in a number of places. Some people have him on 30. I see uh, this this board has him in going to 14 to the Warriors. I've got this one has 17 to Memphis. 17 to Memphis. He's all over. Chris Duarte out of Oregon. Good shooter. Um, he's Oregon always has a solid player that comes out. I think their most successful recently is either – Chris Boucher or Dylan Brooks. Yeah, I know you don't love to give the. I don't know. I don't think you don't like giving love to Dylan Brooks. But mm, Dylan Brooks has some questionable shot selection, which I know, come from a Russell Westbrook fan, is uh, laughable, if you will. But I, I, I don't know. It's it's definitely something to think about. Um. Yeah. No, this is. This is funny. Actually, well, this where does your where, draft okay. board has where does your draft board have Miles McBride going? Point guard from West Virginia. Uh, He's a local kid. He's from Cincinnati. Um, played uh, played with Jackson Hayes in high school. Also, another Texas center. <laughs> yeah, they won a couple state championships. Because um, the one I have has him going 8-19 to the Knicks, but I've also seen him, the first pick of the second round, going to the Bucks. To top 30. Okay. Well, the one draft I saw had him going the first pick of the second round to Milwaukee. Would love that. Okay. Would love that for Milwaukee. I think that's exactly the kind of player that they need. Because he went to West Virginia, and if you're going to – and there's – there's two schools, West Virginia and Virginia. If you're going to go play at those two schools, you better defend. That's really what you, you better defend. <laughs> and that is like literally that's like the one thing you can say about those two schools. Like, well, you know, they're going to win a game scoring 50 points because they held the other team to 38. Defense first. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, well, there's a uh... – a lot of your a lot, lot of, of variability. 
between and you, there is always like always there is the variability but like I, I i feel like we're just seeing more this year than most drafts cuz i it, and it could just be the way people interpret things the way people put weight into certain aspects and tributes of players looking at uh ten, who's who's 10 right now on your on your board Josh Giddy Josh Giddy okay so point guard 68 point guard from Australia this one's got uh, Corey Kispert. Okay, and this draft has 50, Kispert going 15 to DC. So, this is um, 10 was just traded to the Memphis That's Grizzlies. That's true. That's true. So, Jonas Valanciunas is no longer a Memphis Grizzly. He's now a Pelican. A New Orleans Pelican. Along with the Pel- well, the Pelicans are now trading away Eric Bledsoe and Stephen Adams and a 2021. They're doing their mm-hmm. both of their picks this year. Yeah, their pick swapping. Which was, uh, 10, 10 and, and 17. So they 40. Did oh, okay, yeah. 10 and 40 going, and now, uh, they're getting, and 2023 protected pick. Or was it 2022? I think it was 23. I think, yeah, I think. And then, and then Memphis is, uh, is just sending pick. the 17th back? Memphis is sending their 17th pick and their. Uh, 51st pick back. So they're doing for, okay. um, as well as Jonas Valanciunas. So those, these three pieces going to New Orleans for these one, two, three, four, five pieces. Gotcha. So, so we sent, we sent Valanciunas to the Pelicans and then in return, came, in, in, in return came or Bledsoe, pick, Bledsoe and Steven Adams. And then we did a pick, a no, pick swap. Yeah, then we did a pick swap and then included a late rounder in a couple of years. Yes. So it's a salary dump by the Pelicans. Salary dump by the Pelicans. They save, what, $20 million of cap space? Not only a salary dump, huge fucking upgrade at center. Yes. Huge yes. fucking upgrade at yeah, center. I agree. I love Steve Adams. You know I love Steve Valanciunas played really well. I mean, he was a 2020 machine. Here's the problem. New Orleans has draft or has just pulled in a player making fourteen or sixteen million a year on his last year of his deal. They're re-signing capabilities for this upcoming. They've got to be they've, oh, that just to think. Okay, they have so, to resign Zion soon. They've so they re- don't. So they don't resign Valanciunas. So you think they would playing, want to? They should. But are they playing it so they got the salary dump? You don't sign Valanciunas in a year, and you and are they hoping that Jackson Hayes is ready? They'll keep developing him. They have to have a stopgap, if you will, because Valanciunas. Valanciunas can then tie them is going to get a four-year deal. Possibly, but then that's still a stopgap for Jackson Hayes, who's what 22, 23, 24? Yeah. So that brings him into his prime. You've now set yourself up with your next starting okay, set. But okay, so. But you, as you said, they're gonna have Ingram's already paid, so they're fine there. But they're gonna have to pay Zion. Right. Was this move to clear cap space to re-sign Lonzo Ball? Was this why they did that? They could also do that. Because Is another now Lonzo probably won't get the max, but he's gonna get at least twenty million a year. And they just brought in you, Jonas fucking Javale Jonas. I don't can't not tell you how high I am on this guy. If he stays healthy, which he mostly does until he gets a concussion in the fucking playoffs, fuck me. Regardless, so then let's flip the script here. Besides better picks, what 
How does this benefit Memphis? Okay, you moved up seven picks. That's what I'm wondering. Is there a guy That's who you don't? Wondering. Is there a guy who you don't think is going to make it outside the top ten that you are absolutely in love with? They is have that what so that is? many young players. And you've got so you've Dylan Brooks zone. You obviously have Ja Moran. If Jaron Jackson Jr. can stay out of foul trouble, he's great. And healthy. Yeah, and then you have um, Brandon Clark, who I think Anderson's not a bad a bad player. You just drafted who uh, the, Desmond uh, Bain, who I think is going to be a great Xavier shooting guard. Tillman. Xavier Tillman. Is a perfectly capable backup center at this. So point. here's the thing: they have a lot of young players. You think you think they're just? I mean, not that full on youth team. Not that Bledsoe Adams fit their timeline, but they they fit they fit the timeline even less than Jonas Valanciunas did. But here's exact. So no, they fit it. Is better. it strictly Jonas for draft picks? Than, Jonas is older than Stephen. Is he silly? Yeah, so I think like, Jonas is thirty. Stephen Adams is twenty eight now. Yeah, it just it, it watching them play last year. It felt like Adams they was didn't, older. Here's the thing. Now I'm starting to understand. Memphis realized we can't u- best utilize Jonas Valanciunas right now. We're not ready. We still need more development. As nice as he was, he did not work as well with Ja. In you know, I, I guess it just they're they're betting on Ja, so Ja has to develop, but he still needs to develop with a different type of center. Um, I'm, I, I still think it's a bad move because Jonas is a, is a better player than Steven Adams. Mm-hmm. But I do have to benefit and, and grant that Steven Adams did not play as well as he normally would have So do you think because he was in New Orleans. So you think having Steven Adams on the roster gives you the ability to play Jaron Jackson more? Jaron Jackson more, Xavier Tillman more, Desmond Bain more. All these players you can play almost risk-free of ego because or a question because you need to develop these players. But you, yeah. if you have the Jonas Valanciunas, you wouldn't play these other players over Jonas Valanciunas if you're trying to win. Now you have to, because obviously no one's going to bat an eye that Stephen Adams is getting benched to, for Jaron Jackson or for Xavier Tillman. Like it just, it's not a, yeah. un, unheard of. It makes sense long term, short term. It's just like wow, this is crazy. Um, but also, you are moving up in the draft. So maybe you don't have like a super high like opinion of uh, the seventeen range, but I think ten is better than that. So that's true. That's true. And you get another pick down the road, so you have a twenty twenty three pick that could turn into something. Mm-hmm. And that you know forty spot, which again is better than fifty one. So Memphis, I somewhat understand. It makes sense for both sides. Situationally, that's a smart pick by New Orleans for capitalizing. Um, I wonder how long Jonas can last. I hope he, he can last for a good bit. And it might transition you for Jackson Hayes, which is a good stopgap. So that's my assumption of how that, that broke down. Fun trade already before draft night tomorrow. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what uh, what does happen tomorrow. If we will get, I think Ben Simmons is going to be a hot topic tomorrow night during the during the broadcast. People talking about, is he going to be moved? Bradley Beal. Um, Bradley Always a fun B, one to trade yeah, right. Like that—that's never gonna get old. We're right. we're never gonna stop talking about that. He's gonna he's gonna go into free agency. Sign as Drew Holiday was a year. He, ago. He's gonna go in. He's gonna he's gonna finish this contract. He's gonna sign a five-year, two hundred million dollar contract somewhere. And the first day after he signs, it's gonna be like, all right, who's trading for Bradley Beal? <laughs> oh man. I mean, we can all use a shooting guard who can score thirty a game, right? Or averages thirty a game. I guess I mean a lot of people want him to go to the Warriors or have him in talks to go to the Warriors. Why? As fun as it might be, uh, that's that's a crazy, crazy. And the Warriors do have to make some moves. I think they're 
a team that have some some high draft assets coming up. I think they all depend um, on how Clay Thompson looks. I mean, we it literally Achilles then ACL. We haven't seen him play in two does. years. But here's the thing: the Warriors have seen him play, pick up how his progression's gone. They they kind of have an idea. So he also depending can score forty two only dribbling seven times. Exactly. So it's not He's, like he you know it's not like he plays a very aggressive and very opposite of Russell Westbrook. Like Russell Westbrook plays very pounding, very hard on the joints kind of game. Clay Thompson does not. No. Now he can he he can expand his role when he needed to. He could dunk. He could do all these like semi-athletic as a defender. That's where he's really we're really going to put a microscope and see how how he holds up on the defense. But I have no trouble thinking that he could come back as Joe Harris, right? Well, hell, the way Joe Harris shot in the playoffs, we could be Joe Harris. To he was fine in the first first series, the, the, the Milwaukee second series, series he was okay. Was third bad. series, he definitely. Well, fell. He didn't make it to the third series. He lost in the second to the Bucks. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and to the Bucks. He like, was um, bad, and they just paid him too. I, I still think that's not a bad move. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. He's a career 40-plus percent three-point shooter. He had a cold series. That sucked, yeah, but it's also like one of his few playoff series. I was going to say, yeah, what kind of experience did he have? Just the one run the year before that. So. Right. And he sucked shooting that that, that series as well. Um, but All right, any, uh, any hot takes on the draft you want to give before we get to worth mentioning? Any current players going to be on the move? Any shocking draft picks? Anyone falling? Um, I could. I could. That being said, just after finishing talking about Bradley Beal not being traded or not likely being traded, I do see Washington trying to move up in the draft. Um, they've got a fifteenth or sixteenth pick, fifteenth pick, fifteen. They've got the fifteenth pick, so man. Maybe less likely for them to try to move up, but um, there's, like you said before, it's more likely that this huge draft class could hit on the first 10 to 15 players. I think, as we've noted here tonight, uh, and I think the, those first ten, first I think, ten are I, I, exactly. I think the first ten could all be good, and I think that first ten could be composed of twenty different players. I, I think of the first ten, the first five or six are actually known. Everything after that, uh, to yeah. me, Cunningham, is, Green, Mobley, Suggs—they're all guaranteed to go top five. I think. Yes. It's once you get to Scotty Barnes and down that it's like, well, like I wouldn't draft Wagner that high, but. Even when you get to people four. do. Yeah, but I think I think Toronto is a little more set. I think they're Kaminga could fall. Okay, interesting. Let's say it goes Cunningham, Greens, Scotty, Cleveland takes Scotty Barnes. You're Toronto. You take a guard or you take Mobley. You need both. They would take Mobley. You think they take Mobley? They would take Mobley. All right. Interesting. I, I I think that's somewhat less likely to happen, but it could happen. Well, well I mean, hell, I mean, you could you could we, we see... could say, we could spend here all night speculating. This is a, this is the entire mock draft thing. I know because if that happens and then it goes down to Orlando, it's like, well, Orlando doesn't really necessarily need a point guard. Okay, neither does really. I mean, OKC. Okay, OKC okay, would probably take Suggs. 
yes, pair him right would. next to SGA. Yes, they would. That'd be, that'd be a good backcourt. Yes, they would. This, beautiful. OKC okay, will so take everything. Let's be they honest. They would take. Hey, if they could get uh, Kate Cunningham, they wouldn't turn their nose into that. <laughs> okay. Real quick. How many picks do you? Take? How many picks Detroit? would OKC give up many, to go okay. to Kate Cunningham? How many picks? So how Detroit, many picks would it take? This is how I imagine draft night going tomorrow. Detroit's on the line, waiting for OKC, just saying, "All right, start counting." And then OKC goes one, two. Okay, three, how many picks were they going? How many picks did they give up for Harden? Five first round picks. Six first okay, round. but you can't trade so many in the future. Like you can in the NFL, you can only trade four ahead. All of these are not their picks. They still That's have their true. picks. That's true. Okay, you but can trade how, how other much, people's picks? How much did they did uh, did Chris Paul? What was it? how many was that? How AD got four picks for AD? I thought Harden yeah, three or four. I, oh my god! No matter what, you cannot. If you're Detroit, team, if you're Detroit, it is highway robbery for you to get more picks out of this than what the Nets gave up for James Harden or for what Chris Paul was giving up for. Or like, I like it's those. Like, it, these are superstars, and you're about. To, and if you get more draft picks for for a complete unknown than for like James Harden, that's what that's I'm highway saying. robbery OKC's by Detroit. Counting one, two. Three. If OKC four, traded for Kate Cunningham and five. spent more than three picks, that is a win for Detroit. You think so? More than three. More than, more than three. three. If I'm OKC's GM, I say I will give you three, and that is it. I will not give you more than three. For and even for Kate Cunningham, and even that'd be a little much. Three first round. It's because it's an it's an unknown. You're getting a guarantee when you're trading for a guy like James Harden. This is a complete unknown. He, this could be freaking Michael Beasley for all we know. This, this could be Greg Godin. He could have injury issues like two years in his career and be done. You don't know. So you can't. Which three. is why, why I was, why when they were thinking about trading for Harden, when they was like what Harden for Simmons or or Simmons for like yeah. picks or something like that. Yeah. It's like or like no, it was like what would you smother have the picks or the player because they got a ton of picks from the Nets and if I was Houston. You would have gone with the player. I would have gone with the player because you know what he is already. We don't know what the picks are going to be. I, that I will always, I will always be a proponent. So of, pessimistic of that. In, in in thought process, which not for a bad realistic. Reason. Whatever anyone ever calls me a pessimistic, <laughs> I say I'm realistic. There's a difference. Realistic assumes you know it will be real. What real is is what you could hope it to be. Or what the worst case is, but most oftentimes it's right in the middle. So, as a OKC fan, I'm okay with him spending. He's got 37 picks in this upcoming seven years. 37. So here's the here's the thing. Yes, there's a number for certain teams. That number is inflated. Three picks to some team. Is definitely three picks to some years. The next five years of your draft, exactly for some, for like the Lakers, for example. Exactly for the Thunder, they could theoretically trade six picks, none of them being in the next four years. Next four years. No, but you can't trade picks that are four years of aren't. Isn't that? I thought that was the thing. You can't trade picks. What is it right now? 2021? 2021. They have picks going all the way through 2027. Yeah, I don't think you can that trade That aren't those. theirs. I know, but I just don't think you can trade So then how picks. do they get them? I I don't know. 
that you can trade. I, I thought I no, I thought you couldn't trade more than like, or is it every other? You can't trade four consecutive year picks, something like so that. So between now and 2027, they have 37 first and second round picks. If they choose to, tr- because they got those picks, that means that they, you were able to trade them. You can't just trade them one way. You can't just say, "Hey, I traded you my picks. Now you can't use it for two years." Unless you use that pick to I th- draft, I thought there was maybe it's wrong. maybe it's you can't trade back to back first round picks back to back from the same team. So the Cleveland Cavaliers created this rule when they traded four or five first round consecutive first round picks for James Worthy, but Stepien, James Stepien, or I, I, I forget his first name, um, and they completely you know tanked the team for years. So they created the rule you cannot trade consecutive picks. That's how they got around that. So theoretically, the same team could trade their first, their this year's, not next year's, but the year after that, not the year after that, but then the year after that pick. And then from there, if the team that received those picks now has those picks, they could then trade next year's their pick and next year's uh, the other person's pick which would theoretically break that rule. So all these, you know, going around in circles. So you're saying you would would give up as many picks as they want at a team to find their threshold. Okay. So do you think they, uh, think they've kicked the tires? Think they, think they may at least make the call. Oh, obviously make the call. And we're going to, and we're going to see in four days that this is speed dating for teams. They're like, all right, (laughs) who do we have on next? Oh, Detroit. Okay. Let's go. Yeah. We're going to see in four days that, Oklahoma City called, and the Detroit wanted an absurd amount of picks for for Kate Cunningham. If the deal isn't made, we're going to find out. That. Well, when it's GM to GM, I find it very hard to, to think of things like leaking like that. I think a lot of the media that gets out is because people want it to get out. A lot of things don't just happen. There's a lot of intentional, um, you know, there, people do things with purpose. There's a lot of things that happen out of people's control. I could, I could see well, Oklahoma City leaking it. It, but it loses. You will lose credibility with teams when you start to leak information that is shared between two people. So True. that becomes the the question of like, okay, I told three people this. It got out. Who who reported it? You could probably find yeah, snakes yeah. in the grass pretty easy. Yeah. True. Regardless, um, we've been going on for almost like what hour and a half, two hours now. Hour and a half, solid. Yeah, solid. But uh, we had some catching up to do. Uh, yeah, we been a been a two weeks. I'd say we go to worth mentioning, but we mentioned quite a bit. I worth. I don't I don't got anything. I think we're just looking at um, we're just looking at the draft. We'll see how it plays out, and then uh, free agency will start. Excited for summer league. I think we're gonna have more players at summer league because all the freshmen and sophomores lost the ability to play it because of COVID. So I think summer league's gonna be fun it's this be year. Lit. So excited for that. Excited to see uh, see the development of some of the younger players. All right. We will try to uh, come back to you soon. Maybe tomorrow we might be able to try to work out a draft, uh, draft pod. But uh, if not, we'll come back to you shortly thereafter. All right. Peace.